Hey everyone, it's George Yazbek, editor of the Anime Boston podcast. I typically work behind the scenes, helping mix audio together for each episode of the podcast, which we, of course, hope you are enjoying as we gradually put these out for you to listen to. We are a passionate crew of anime fans, plus all things related to Japanese and Oriental interests, from its unique heritage to its greater pop cultural hallmarks encompassing various mediums. As a group of volunteers doing this podcast, you also get to hear from each of us speak openly about our experiences with fandom, our associations with culture, and our encouragement for you, the listener, to seek out what we vocally share from our adventures, whether it's through discovering or rediscovering a creative work by consuming media we talk about, or being inspired to travel to Japan, meet new people along the way, and finding out about some really unique customs. Whatever it is we discuss, we genuinely hope you enjoy what we cover and connect with our narratives. Now, I tend to be a devoted media lover and critic, so I'm excited to finally get to do my segment on something that I have been reminiscing about for a while. This is good timing too, since it's been 23 years ago around this time since this movie hit theaters in the US. Pokemon the first movie. But before I talk about that, let me share my thoughts about what I think of Pokemon as a whole. Pokemon is what I call a gateway franchise. What do I mean about this? Look at the video games, the trading card game, and the anime in particular. If you are an adult, say, in your late 20s up to your late 30s, and consider yourself an occasional or avid gamer or anime viewer, and have been so since you were a kid, chances are that Pokemon was what introduced you to those mediums. The appeal was inviting and infectious. It was a media phenomenon almost like no other in history at that point. A video game on a handheld system where you can journey across regions, collecting fantastical monsters with elemental powers to use for battling so-called trainers competitively, like a sport? Unheard of before. How about a card game built on the role-playing genre? allowing kids to build their deck of these monsters, each with their own attributes to face off against trainers in a tabletop battle involving knocking out their health through inscribed attacks? Hmm. Card games of this kind sorta existed before, pioneered by Magic the Gathering, but never in this manner for kids and outside traditional nerd communities. Or what about a cartoon adaption animated in the Japanese style of the aforementioned gameplay mechanics driving the plot of an adventurous kid accompanied by fellow travelers who seeks to collect every creature in his world and ultimately be the very best trainer and the highest level competition using said creatures? I mean, yes, anime adaptions aimed towards children based on an existing property such as toys and manga have existed for decades, and many have even been imported to the US and around the world. But an anime video game adaption? That hadn't been really done before. Up to that point, video game cartoon adaptions were handled in the West by companies such as Hanna-Barbera, Ruby Spears, and Deke Entertainment. They made low-budget cartoons of well-known characters, including Pac-Man, Super Mario Brothers, and Mega Man, to name a few. 
This paradigm would shift, however, as Pokemon would venture into an adaption that would greatly increase the popularity of anime as a medium itself, in addition to gaming in general in the late 90s. To say that Pokemon was a major success of a brand would be quite an understatement. I kid you not when I say that Pokemon is the highest grossing media franchise of all time. Seriously, look it up. Pokemon as a whole has brought in nearly $120 billion in revenue. Despite being in existence for a quarter of a century, the brand has made a deep and continued impact on our popular culture. Now, I bring this up to set the environment of which I grew up in. It was the start of Pokemania. The young franchise was at its mainstream peak around the turn of the millennium. In school, I would see my classmates bring their Pokemon cards and play with their friends during recess, much to the chagrin of the teachers who would denounce this craze and confiscate the cards when out in the open. On TV, the cartoon became a massive hit on Saturday mornings, where it aired on Kids WB. The catchphrase, gotta catch em all, was ubiquitous, as was the famous theme song from the show. The merchandise was everywhere, even on what us kids wore. Myself, I had these blue Pokemon-themed sandals that featured Bulbasaur, Charizard, and Blastoise on them. V-evolved forms of Ash Ketchum's three-starter Pokemon. I even remember my youngest brother, then just an infant, wore an adorable Pikachu snow hat for a time during the winters. From the TV series, music was released on a CD called To Be A Master, which I have, was popular at the time, and sold 3 million copies worldwide and went number one on the Billboard Kid Albums chart. And of course, the initial video games, whether on Game Boy, Pokemon Red and Blue, or my very first console, the Nintendo 64, Pokemon Snap, and the first Super Smash Bros. were hard to ignore. Whatever it was, the core and non-core merchandise further solidified the franchise as a formidable presence in our collective pop culture, already saturated with Western animation, movies, TV shows, comic books, and toys. Alright, so I mentioned earlier about Pokemon being a gateway franchise, in that, especially for kids, this would be the starting point for the masses in getting into one of three mediums that the series would expose us to, paving the way for many to become devoted fans and consumers of games and anime. For me, I can definitely attest that Pokemon was the thing that got me into the world of anime, albeit slowly and gradually, as a casual. And to a lesser extent, Video gaming, as I would diversify my tastes beyond playing mostly Mario games at the time. This brings me to Pokemon the first movie, which I consider to be the moment I first discovered Japanese animation and its distinct storytelling and tonal presentation, contrasting quite a bit from the American and Canadian cartoons and animated films I had been accustomed to watching. Of course, as a kid, the nuances were fairly small and I just viewed the movie as an animated flick that my cousins had us watch on a holiday break. I did not exactly comprehend in what ways that a seemingly kid-friendly anime movie with moments of drama and melancholy was often the norm in Japanese storytelling, as is the deeper adult themes that unfortunately get lost in the English dub. Not that I or anyone else that young and without the internet at the time would have any idea of this particular production fact. No, I just saw this as a cutesy adventure. 
well, at least the first part, before the more famous and darker second part. So yes, I was over at my cousin's house during holiday break, and they had Pokemon the first movie on for us to watch. Despite the fact that the show the movie was based on aired every Saturday morning, I did not watch it at the time. So this was my first exposure to the franchise. I thought of anime at the time as rather exotic, perhaps targeted to an older crowd. I vaguely remember Sailor Moon being on years prior when I lived in Canada, but I never watched it since it was targeted toward girls. As an adult, I know a bit more about Pokemon than I did that day when loosely watching Pokemon the first movie. Subsequent to watching it, and given my increasing fandom of the franchise throughout my life, I felt compelled to rewatch the film in its entirety properly for this podcast. Following my rewatch, I began to deconstruct aspects of the story, characterization, and production, all of which interests me whenever I consume something for entertainment. True to who I am, I always want to know more and ask questions, in pursuit of well-crafted morals, story resolutions, and interesting angles of production. What motivates someone to do something so bad, so horrific? Is it always that simple? Or there's something we are missing from a character's story arc? How does the setting and plot influence the narrative? And any reason why the music is so dissonant with the visual mood of what we see unfold on screen with the action? These were some of the questions I had when I finished watching the first Pokemon movie. A children's movie, mind you. So, to many out there who are looking at this as just something that a kid watches for fun, and not as something that makes me think beyond this, in search of extra details to satisfy my curiosity, it may seem weird. Not to me, nor should it be to anyone. This is fun, helps me connect more to the source material, and empowers the fan in me to talk about stuff like this. Maybe you'll learn something new, or you're here for some lively discussion. Either way, we're gonna delve right in, next time here on the Anime Boston Podcast. Thanks everyone for listening to my preview.